0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports.
1: One-one pitch, fastball pulled and Alvarez into the corner.
2: Get up, Bob, get up, get out of here, Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league.
3: Where fantasy becomes reality.
0: Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right,
2: welcome to the Tuesday edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. It is April 23rd. And I am back, and I missed you guys, not Scott or Heath or Chris, <sighs> not you guys, I missed the <sighs> listeners. I'm happy to be back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Back. You, you missed a busy show, Adam. You uh, missed a busy yeah. show, and I can't help but wonder. No, because, Adam... you know, Adam's job, people think Adam's job is to, to come here and sound nice, but, you know, that's a small part of it. It's actually putting together the show notes where Adam really does, does the grunt work.
3: You know, if Adam's job is to sound nice, (laughs) he is failing so far in this episode, (laughs) saying that he doesn't miss us after being away for several days. I miss the show. I personally have offended, taken aback by your uh, lack of civility.
2: I apologize. It's sad. Uh, It's just sad. You know what? I, I think you can regulate me, but we have the regulators coming up today. That's why I'm so excited to be back. I'm gonna get to play the Welcome Back Cotter theme song. I can play it for me right now. Welcome back to me! Yeah! Um, and we'll talk about everything that happened on Monday that you need to know about.
1: Welcome back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, somebody said Adam. we need to have a drop of Chris going in the show, sure? and, and I will try <laughs> to find that and, and edit that and get a drop out of it. Uh,
3: did you do my request for a drop? I know we're talking about the stallions no. today.
2: Uh, no, because are a monster. It's a stupid. it's a, a bad monster. one. Um, okay, so let's let's start with uh with Monday standouts. Uh Scott White, it's your turn to nominate a player.
0: Okay. Monday standouts. And I've got to admit, I'm flying a little blind this show because I left my show, my notes for it in the office last night. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say just the fact that Hunter Dozier homered again for the second straight day. He has, he, he's not slowing down and he has a great walk rate, a great strikeout rate, a great fly ball rate. Uh, it's, it's getting harder to ignore him. He did leave the game with like a minor back issue, but that issue was known heading into the game, and obviously he's still homebird, so I'm not, I'm not really sure that's anything to worry about. Uh, I'm getting very interested in him.
2: Okay, so why don't we transition to a segment that I had, as I did the grunt work and put together the show notes, and it's called These Guys Again? Although well, I didn't put a question mark at the end of it, so I guess it's just These Guys Again with an exclamation point. And Hunter Dozier's one of them. And so is his teammate, Alex Gordon. And so is the guy he faced yesterday who homered in Yandy Diaz. And so is Jorge Polanco, who went four for five with a home run and a double, and he's a top ten shortstop, fifth in points, tenth in roto. And so is Christian Walker, who we were just talking about off the air, actually, as Christian Walker does almost all of his damage uh, in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. I don't know if he's had any extra innings uh, heroics. But look at these guys. We keep talking about them, and they they stay relevant. Polanco, Alex Gordon... Hunter Dozier, Yandy Diaz, Christian Walker. Uh, Dozier's actually the, the lowest owned of this group of five at 64%. But when you look at them, who looks to you like someone who's going to be on your roster all year long? Diaz
0: is number one. Diaz, I have very few doubts about at this point. He's basically must start in my mind. Great plate discipline and uh, just a slight improvement in his launch angle has led to, uh, a power outburst here. As was planned, as the was the reason that Rays acquired him in the first place. So I'm very excited about him. Uh the others I all have some interest in like I I don't think I'd be letting them go unowned except in a really shallow situation with the exception of maybe Alex Gordon who Keith and I talked about yesterday. I just can't figure out what's different for
1: him.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) I may miss the boat because of it. I love guys with great plate discipline, and he's exhibited that so far. But I'm I, 35-year-olds and no underlying changes that I can detect. I don't get it.
2: Yeah, Alex Gordon's on-base percentage is 392 this year, as you will see if you are watching our video. You can find our video on our website, by the way, or if you go to YouTube and look at the CBS Sports channel on YouTube, you can find... Our show on there as well. Um, we have video video on demand. We have like clips on the website, so yeah, you know, ways to watch it. But his his OBP is three ninety two. Alex Gordon's slugging percentage, slugging percentage. His previous three seasons, he did not get to three ninety two, three eighty, three fifteen, and three seventy. <laughs> so that's yeah, I agree. That's the one I was gonna say. I, in fact, exactly what Scott said. Like I don't understand how Yandy Diaz is not more than sixty nine percent owned. Um, he's got sixteen, fifteen walks to sixteen strikeouts and six homers. He's just been great. And then Gordon would probably be the one I wouldn't be buying into. But then Chris, why don't you give your takes on Jorge Polanco, Hunter Dozier, and Christian Walker, who are, Polanco's 82% owned, Dozier 64%, and Christian Walker 70% owned.
3: I was all ready to just dismiss Christian Walker. He had the good six games to start the season and then was like two for his next 28. And I was all ready to say, good, he had a good week, but that's it. This guy is not for real. And then he's been red hot for like eight or nine games at this point. I don't necessarily buy it entirely, but it's not out of the question that he could be this year's Jesus Aguilar. Jesus Aguilar is not this year's Jesus Aguilar so far. <laughs> uh There is an interesting note that Scott brought up before the show that he has hit all of his home runs in the seventh, eighth, or ninth innings. He has a twenty three twenty nine OPS. In those three innings and a below 580 OPS in the first six. I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. clutch. I I don't know if it's relevant. He hasn't done anything really against starting pitchers. He has no home runs, two doubles. He's hitting 146. Maybe that's because starting pitchers are, on the whole, a little better than relievers. I don't know. Um, No, that's not. It seems kind of random.
2: He's clutch. That's what it means. I mean... Obviously he <laughs> rises <laughs> to my the big con- My biggest concern about
0: Walker is the strikeout rate's thirty percent. So like his his baby right now is approaching four or fifty. Uh so I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but the power seems legit. I mean he was his last two years in the minors, I think he hit about sixty home runs between them. So he, he can definitely hit for power.
2: Uh for what it's worth Pete Alonso has sort of been like Christian Walker in producing mostly late in the game. He has one home run in the first 3 innings, one home run in innings 4 through 6. And I guess I would just say he has one home run in the first 5 innings of the game. And then uh innings 7 through 9 he has an 18.11 OPS. But he does have he does has hit well in the first 3 innings Alonso and like Walker, he just doesn't have the home runs. All right, and then uh Polanco, yeah, I mean he profiles, I think, more as a points league guy, he hits a lot of doubles and triples, but right now, he's got four home runs, and, uh, just off to a great start, batting 392. I see a reason to own Polanco right now, 82% own, you could start him. And, uh, the other one was... Who? Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier. we talked about him. Okay, great. Wonderful. Um, Chris, who stood out to you in Monday's games?
3: Joe Musgrove continues to be very impressive early on this season. Uh, He actually had his worst start of the season, and that was three earned runs in six innings with two walks and five strikeouts, which tells you how good he's been. He's getting a ton of swinging strikes. He's using his, uh, his slider more often. That's the pitch that he's been throwing more, and the the results so far have been spectacular. This was not a guy that I expected to be a high strikeout guy, and he's, I think, below one per inning for uh, the season, but good control, has done a good job limiting hard contact. I'm very impressed with what we've seen from Joe Musgrove so far. Joe Musgrove,
2: yeah, he's just under a strikeout per inning, but he has a 159 ERA, six walks, 226 strikeouts, and a .85 whip. His first 14 starts of last season, he had a 3.31 ERA. And then Musgrove kind of fell apart with a 6.35 ERA, even though the strikeouts went up in the final five starts of the season. Uh, but adding a slider would certainly help. So Musgrove's off to a great start. My standout was Steven Matz, and I confess I sat Steven Matz. He is 78% owned. I sat him in a two-start week in a Roto League. I was worried he was going to have two stinkers. He's got Milwaukee coming up this weekend. And he's, he faced Philadelphia last night. The last time he faced Philadelphia was last week. And he gave up six runs without mm-hmm. recording it out. He had a historically terrible start. So that, that though, is Matt's only start allowing more than two earned runs. And I think you look at his pedigree and his career. And he, Steven Matz is someone where I sit there and I ask, is he good? I really don't know. What do you think about Steven Matz? Again, 78% owned. he is available in some leagues.
0: Well, Chris was pointing out, and you could certainly, if you, if you saw some of the video from this game, the, the Phillies were taking exception to the strike zone last night. Can't help but think Matt's probably benefited from that. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Adam. Like he, he finished last year really strong. He's had a couple eight strikeout games this year. Um, but he's not getting a lot of swings and misses and. Like we saw last time out, um when things go wrong, they can go really wrong. Right. So he's like I, I feel like he's he's right on the fringes of a roster spot for me. And obviously after a start like this I'm more inclined to add him. But we know he's not having a two start week again for a while, so it doesn't seem like a huge priority.
3: Yeah, he He got away with a lot of let's call them borderline uh called strikes and uh i don't know i i'm skeptical of relying on pitchers who have to rely quite that heavily on called strikes um his swing and strike rate is not very good overall 9.8% so i think he can be like an average pitcher with an era in the four range and that's useful that's that's not going to hurt you, but it's not a priority for sure.
2: Yeah, it's just frustrating with Mats because at least you'd like to know when to start him and when to sit him, but you leave him on your bench. Make 55% started, so obviously a lot of people weren't comfortable, and I get it. Uh, You know, it's just kind of a frustrating thing with, with fantasy. There's not much you can do about it, but some pitchers you know to start him in good matchups, sit him in bad matchups. Mats, maybe we don't know. Maybe he's just going to be unpredictable. There are some pitchers that are like that. Uh, I won't overreact at this just one start, but let's see how he does against the Brewers this weekend. Uh, would you rather have Mats or Montas? I
3: would rather have Montas.
2: I'd rather have Mats. Ooh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not feeling the Montas thing. <laughs> Alright, let me get one more pitcher here that might be available on waivers. Steven Montas Mats. Montas is the
3: only pitcher who throws harder than Max Fried.
2: Oh, that, <laughs> that's a big deal. <laughs> Max Fried.
3: My uh, screen nice doesn't throw that hard.
2: No,
0: nah,
1: he's I he's, mean, he he's making hard. fun of me. Nah,
3: he's, he's a ste- young Randy Johnson. He's,
2: he does throw no, hard. Okay. Uh Stephen Matz or Kevin Gosman? Gosman.
0: Uh yes, definitely Gosman. Very excited gonna... about Gosman. Oh. We'll see how he does tonight.
2: Okay, um let's get to uh let's get to more of the show. Got a lot of injury news to get to and I mean we got a we got a fun show today. Somebody picked up this guy in one of my leagues and I want to know why. That's a segment that's coming up later. Uh, but right now, I want to tell you about something here, listeners. Do you miss when sports networks covered just the news and the highlights without the yelling, without the fake debates? I really do. I, I miss the, the good old days of sports coverage if you miss that too you need to watch cbs sports hq it's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me you're going to find tons of highlights analysis and instant game reactions everything that matters about the game no diving into politics social issues or off the field topics like on the other sports networks if you like listening to our show you're going to love watching us on cbs sports hq and this week cbs sports hq is going to nashville for the NFL draft, and for all three days, CBS Sports HQ is going to be in Music City with extensive draft coverage and even a few surprises. Uh, they're going to have their f- full uh, NFL crew there providing analysis grades, fantasy implications for every pick over all seven rounds, and it's all going to be live beginning on Thursday night with Friday night and all day Saturday as well. I'm talking Pete Prisco, Danny Cannell, Brady Quinn, Jason Four, Ryan Wilson, Brian McFadden, Jamie Eisenberg, and more, all the guys you know and love. Check it out on CBS Sports HQ. It's always on. It's always free. You don't need to pay a, subscri- a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, your Fire TV, your Roku, your Apple TV. Start watching today. And download that CBS Sports app and watch HQ. I'm glad it's free, cause man, they just raised Netflix. We're <laughs> starting to get to the point where like, I'm not sure there's enough on Netflix to justify well, they're that. losing stuff. Come right? on, I'm serious. I like, no. I find something on Netflix, I watch it in, in like three days, and then I'm just dormant for the rest of the month, basically. Like, there's there's
0: be a lot so of money. much
2: out there. Yeah. Hey, here's your stat of the day. There's going to be
0: too many streaming services.
2: could be. You're going to have
0: to cut cable just to afford all the streaming services.
2: He might be right, folks. That's why HQ's great. It's free.
0: But the CBS won.
2: Top notch. Yes, exactly. All access. All right, stat of the day. This started out as a Gleyber Torres stat morphed into a Baltimore stat. Gleyber Torres has 20 hits this season. 12 of them came in six games against Baltimore. Jerickson Profar has 15 hits this season and two home runs. Five of his 15 hits and both of his home runs were at Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore has the worst ERA in baseball at 637. Boston is second worst at 562. That is a huge gap between 29 and 30 in ERA. Uh, Baltimore being the worst. Baltimore's allowed 59 home runs. That leads baseball. Milwaukee is second. They've allowed 43 home runs. It is unfathomable. I believe, I believe Boston, or Baltimore has already set the record for most home runs allowed by May 1st. And they did that on, like, April 20th. Um, so...
3: It is worth noting... That they're the worst ever. Yes, but also the ball is super-duper-juiced. Like, way more than it even had been in 2017. It's ridiculous. They started using the uh, Major League ball at AAA, I think in the International League only. And home runs are up 50% so far from this point last season. I think right now the home runs per nine for the league, for the major leagues as a whole, would be the highest ever. And that's in April when home runs tend to be lower Hmm. than the rest of the season. We could be seeing not just, because last year it seemed to go back a little bit. We could be seeing home runs at a higher rate this year than 2017 even, or 2016 when things were really ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, cause that, cause we, there hasn't been any reports of them changing the ball. I, I have noticed there that. There never are. Well, I have noticed that fly ball rate is up more significantly than home run to fly ball rate is up. And I just wonder if it's a combination of, yes, now we have the juice ball from a few years ago and the fly ball revolution is, is having an effect.
2: And um, Baltimore. Baltimore. On top of that. <laughs> the Orioles are contributing to this. Uh, um, but I guess if I could bring this back and make it about Gleyber Torres, He's now uh, number 21 in points, number 20 in roto at second base. And got off to a great start. First week of the season, looked like, ooh, man, maybe he's, uh, you know, second-year breakout, uh, even though he had, a, yeah, obviously, a great rookie season. But now his last 13 games, Gleyber Torres is batting 143 with one walk to 17 strikeouts. We just talked about Christian Walker earlier in the show. He's a cautionary tale not to make too much of streaks. But it is a little concerning, I think, that Torres has done Basically nothing against anybody not named Baltimore, and we were calling him a bust at the start of the season. Do you think Glaber Torres is droppable for any of the guys that we've talked about, like a Hunter Dozier or Yandy Diaz, or Brandon Lau, who we haven't talked about, but he's in that group too? Or, or do you want to you stick have a it player.
3: out? You have a player with less potential than Glaber Torres to drop. Okay.
0: Probably. I mean, we're talking a shallow league scenario if we're looking at those guys Chris, anyway. What kind of league? I think, I, Shallow a shallow shallow,
3: shallow. <laughs>
2: shallow. <laughs> <laughs> who needs a drop? We've got it on demand. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, Scott. Go ahead.
0: Uh, I think the only player you mentioned <laughs> who plays either of Torres' positions was was Lau, right? Yeah. 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 And Polanco.
2: I didn't mention Polanco I mean, this time, but yeah, he's there.
0: Yeah. I mean, Polanco's more than 80% owned. But what I mean, we probably have people listening from other sites where these guys are... These guys might be more available. Um, yeah, I, it, 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 it gets back to for me, like, if you are in a league so shallow that guys like Lau and certainly Polanco are available, then what are you really losing by giving up Torres?
2: Um, uh, is that how you feel? You're not, you're not potentially losing, a a breakout game
3: player? Yeah, you're potentially losing a 30-15 guy. Right.
0: But, so right. Are you that confident somebody's going to pick him up?
3: I think so, yes. That's a big name. I think someone would jump on him, yes. It's not that big. It's only like
2: 12 letters. I'm not sure. I'm glad
0: I haven't faced that decision. But sometimes I, I am often surprised in my shallow leagues who doesn't get picked up when I drop them. So I, 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 I tend to feel like I'm not as aggressive as I should be sometimes.
3: Here's one more. Uh, thing about the juice ball. What would you guys say is a good ho- uh hard hit rate? Thirty-eight percent. Um, Scott, uh, Just throw I throw a I, number out there. It I don't have to... know th-
0: between thirty-five
3: and forty. The league average hard hit rate this season is thirty-seven point six percent. Wow. Okay. Five years ago, it was twenty-eight point eight percent. Wow. So wow. even like a 39% hard hit rate, that's just okay now. It's, it's ridiculous what's happening in, with baseball so far. Uh, well, Rob Manfred's going to be very happy about, uh, about the home run trend.
2: Okay, it's time to play some music. Three players coming back either yesterday or hopefully today. We say welcome back. to Daniel Murphy Your dream could return today. To Gregory Polanco, who batted third for the Pirates, went two for four with a run, a walk, and a double. And we kind of begrudgingly say it to Todd Frazier. Um, kind of not. We're just hoping that he doesn't mess with Jeff McNeil, who did bat second yesterday, but he also played second because Robinson Cano was out, and uh, McNeil was hit by a pitch on the hand. He should be fine. Um, all right, so Polanco we're going to get to in a bit. I got some rankings with, with uh, Gregory Polanco. And he is, by the way, only 76% owned, so take a look. I, yesterday I looked to make sure Polanco was owned in all my leagues, and he is. Uh, but Daniel Murphy and Todd Frazier, could they screw up playing time for Ryan McMahon and Jeff McNeil, respectively? I think
0: the Mets situation is more going to be J.D. Davis because you remember the initial plan was McNeil and left Jed Lowry at third base and Davis has really been the beneficiary of Frazier's absence. McNeil has mostly been playing left field recently, obviously got the start at second. Uh, So I'm not so worried about him. But J.D. Davis could be a loss. I I noticed he was he ranked high in ex-WOBA. I was looking at the the ex-WOBA leaders yesterday. So, Nerd. uh, StatCast really likes what Davis has been doing. Um, but, you know, eventually Lowry's going to be back and it's going to, Davis would have probably been gone anyway. Uh, for, for the Rockies, uh, Garrett Hampson has been so bad. He hasn't done any of the things we thought he'd do well. Well, he hasn't done really anything well. So I, I don't imagine McMahon's going to be the one impacted here.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy baseball today when we come back. Uh, regulators, news and notes, fun stuff, and ranking relevant players. We always got to do that. We'll be right back on fantasy baseball today.
1: Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everybody.
2: I I have a quick Easter confession. Actually, I'll do it after the news and notes. Let's do the news and notes real quick here. Jacob deGrom is scheduled to start on Friday. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero could be up very soon. I'm just going to blow through these here. Nate Evaldi is out four to six weeks after elbow surgery. Kyle Freeland is on the I.L. with a blister. Tyler Anderson came off the I.L. The Yankees released Gio Gonzalez. If you're in an NL-only league, he's been linked to some National League teams, so maybe Gio Gonzalez, not that he's so good, but could could become a starter soon. Ruth Nedredor could be back this weekend. Gene Segura expected back this weekend. Uh, mentioned that Cano sat with a hand injury. Anthony Rendon also sat. He was hit by a pitch on the elbow on Sunday. Uh, Michael Walker's on the IL with a knee injury. He is expected to miss just one start. Austin Meadows is on the DL, as we know, but he could return in a couple of weeks, so it might not be a long-term thing for Austin Meadows. Uh, I hope you didn't, uh, I hope, well, if you saw the video of Pittsburgh relief pitcher Nick Birdie uh, crumpling down on the mound with an arm injury, it was, it was tough, it was sad, and hopefully he's okay, but it could be a long-term injury for him. Uh, Manny Benuelos, you saw maybe yesterday, he pitched pretty well for the White Sox. At Baltimore, that was a spot start. He should be headed back to a long relief role. Elvis Andrews was hit by a pitch. He left the game. X-rays were negative for Andrews. Hunter Dozier day-to-day with back spasms. The Orioles, this is another reason why their pitching staff has been so bad. They've used a position player to pitch already three <laughs> times this season. Wow. Uh, Lucas Giolito could be back <laughs> shortly. Danny Duffy is going to start on Friday for Kansas City. Does anybody have any interest in Danny Duffy? Nope. No. And Eloy Jimenez is going to miss three games, including last night, so two more. He is on the bereavement list. Somebody picked this guy up in one of my leagues, and I want to know why. A new segment here on Fantasy Baseball. <laughs> my today. favorite Elton John song. <laughs> Somebody picked this guy up in one of my leagues. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland minor league outfielder Oscar Mercado. Mercado. He's 24 years old. He runs. He steals a lot. Uh, and he's batting 324 he is finally hitting well career 673 ops in the minors but 203 steals in 610 games do we see Oscar Mercado being called up by the Indians did somebody know something that i didn't know
3: i haven't seen anything um but he there's a chance he could be what we hoped Cody Al- or Greg Allen would be for the Indians Greg Allen has been uh maybe the worst player in baseball so far this season so Maybe he gets a chance, and maybe he can be a steel specialist. But no, he—he's not someone that I think you need to go out and pick up right now. I, I think he made headlines this spring and almost forced his way onto the roster
0: with the performance. And maybe it's just speculative. Is it a deep league? It's our—it's our twelve-team it's it's our roto outfield. league. Pretty deep. Twelve-team roto.
2: Yeah, it's our Memorial Magazine league. Not a lot on waivers there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Been so a bad outfield. Oscar Mercado. Um, Let's rank some relevant players I haven't forgotten about my Easter confession But you want to talk fantasy baseball Uh, Rank these three Clint Frazier, Gregory Polanco And Ryan McMahon
3: Good choice Thank
2: you Relevant players
3: McMahon, Polanco, Frazier I think that's right I might go Polanco over McMahon But I have concerns about whether he's going to be able to hit for power
2: what did you guys say about, I apologize for not listening. What did you say about Clint Frazier on yesterday's show?
0: Generally excited. I
2: mean, obviously he's,
0: his job security is, is way up now and he had a three homer week. He's, con- he's making a lot more contact than we've seen from him in the majors in the past. Uh, it does look like a breakthrough. And uh, now that he's gotten an opportunity to break through. I just, uh, I wonder if the upside is quite the same as for these others too, since it's, you know, he doesn't get on base a lot. It's obviously not going to run much, I wouldn't think. Um, so, you know, it's ranking him third is not necessarily a reflection of me feeling, you know, not, not feeling great about
2: it. If Gregory Polanco wasn't coming off serious shoulder surgery, I would really be super excited about a breakout. You know, last mm-hmm. year, last year he hit 23 homers, he stole 12 bases. He's got like a that was in
3: 130 games,
2: right? In 130 games, and he, he hit the ball harder and he hit more fly balls. It's a great combination for a breakout. And look, maybe you know Matt Chapman showed us that you could be worried about off-season surgery, and sometimes it doesn't matter. But we know, like Chris said, there's some concern about him playing or uh, hitting for power. I This, I think, we can all agree. Well, I think we can all agree, right? Polanco should be owned in 12 team leagues, and there are, there have to be some 12 team leagues where he's not owned. But what about a 10 team league? Do you think Polanco's a must own there? Uh,
0: Not necessarily. I play in one 10 team league, but it's 25 man rosters, and I happen to own him. But he is, you know, one of the last, one of the bottom two or three players on my roster. So if he doesn't get off to a hot start and I need an extra pitcher some week, I could see dropping him.
2: All right, let's rank these relevant players. Let's rank some stallions. Caleb Smith, Trevor Richards. I was going to put Rocky Balboa because he's the Italian stallion, but then I realized it wasn't a very funny joke. So I went with Rick Porcello instead. Caleb Smith, Trevor Richards, and Rick Porcello. How would you rank
3: them? Smith, Richards, Porcello. Yep. Yep. Porce- Play this song, Adam.
2: <laughs> I don't have this song. Richards, fifty nine percent owned. I, he's zero and three. Um, he's zero and three with four quality starts and five starts. Smith is two and zero, which is great. Porcello, like, he's basically just been a little wild, but that's going to improve. This is his first season with more than two point three walks per nine since his rookie season, two thousand nine. Like, I. I think he's going to be better than Trevor Richards. Take that.
1: I, I mean, I there's, think there's certainly a chance. Up, yeah, He'll
2: have a higher ERA, it, but I think the other stuff will be it, better. It's about pursuing
0: up, upside for me this early in the season, especially since Trevor Richards is you know, the win-loss record. He's off to a good start. He's doing what we – well, I mean, the walks have been kind of high too. But there there have been enough encouraging signs for me not to give up on that upside yet. Um, but I, I would, I would say just because of the innings and the wins potential, the, the probability of Porcello finishing ahead of him is pretty high. I just don't want to miss out on the next big thing, you know?
3: Okay. And Porcello's kind of like that Adam Jones type of player from a few years ago where, yeah, he might finish in the top 30 at starting pitcher, but is he ever actually a top 30 starting pitcher? Or is it just like, that's where he ends up but at no point during the season would you actually consider him like a must start right. guy
2: sure which is what which is what Porcella was last year uh all right Jack Flaherty Clayton Kershaw Jose Barrios Flaherty pitched very <laughs> well last night Clayton Kershaw pitched great on my bench on Sunday and Jose Barrios is just having a really good year so uh Flaherty Kershaw Barrios rank them Scott White then Chris
0: I will go Kershaw,
2: Flaherty, Barrios. Ooh. Chris. I'm I'm surprised. Chris, uh, how about you?
3: I was hoping you wouldn't come to me.
2: Yeah, why? It's tough. I'll go.
3: It's really tough. Yeah, I I think they all bring different things to the table. I think I would probably go Kershaw, Barrios, Flaherty, but I don't think there's a big difference between them. Man, I'm surprised. I really
2: thought it was going to be, uh, Flaherty first. Um, got, this is like the 20
0: to 25 range of my rankings. So it it is really close and it's, you know, a lot of it is, um, my nothing significant enough has happened for any of these three to shake my preseason opinion of them. Uh, so I'm kind of holding to that. I think the most significant thing that's happened is Kershaw's come back and look great. Pitch deep into game, into both starts. Um, you know, the strikeout rate was a, is, is looking like it was last year, which, you know, it was, it was a very good year, not a Kershaw-like year, but we're not talking about him in terms of number one overall anymore. We're talking about him in terms of top 20. So right. I think he's definitely that.
2: Okay. Uh, last one. Rank these relevant players. Max Fried. Joe, Mus- Joe Musgrove and I'm gonna. Oh, I have the drop and Tyler Skaggs, Freed Musgrove Skaggs. I
0: will rank them. uh I'll rank them Musgrove Freed and Skag
3: Musgrove Skaggs Freed. Okay.
2: Um How are we feeling about I Max thought You're gonna Freed? do the drop. Yeah, I-, I did, but my my iPad is muted.
1: I'm gonna Tyler Skag.
2: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um,
1: so good.
2: Max Fried, 138 ERA. Gonna need some more strikeouts out of you, but he does get a lot of ground balls. I- I'm gonna try yeah. to sell Max Fried at this point. I don't know who's by like like I like him. You could start him, but let's see if I can turn him into something something by Lowy. Uh I
0: mean if nothing else, before you even get to the strikeout issue, he had like a hundred ten innings last year. So eventually eventually he's going to have to be phased out or limited in some way.
2: That's Far enough down the road where, personally, I don't really care since I just pick them up off waivers, you know? Like, I'll just take what I could get at this... I'll, I'll just take any sure, production he gives. Sure,
0: but in terms of selling, like, if, if you can sell oh, high on know. him and get something, um, you know, something better. Right.
3: And he's he is pretty much a two-pitch two, two pitch pitcher, and maybe if he threw his curveball more and was able to get more swing strikes, I might be able to buy into him, but he's a 60%. Basketball guy, he has a 439 Sierra so far, a 406 for his career. There's definitely potential, but I think the most likely outcome is that he's kind of just a guy.
2: Okay. Well, I feel like this is a win for me with Max Fried, because if you, if you pick them up when I fell in love with him, you got some good productions. He might have helped you win a couple of weeks. You're welcome, everybody. Now we're going to take <laughs> a break. And when we come back, we are going to regulate on fantasy baseball today.
1: So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. All right, here we go. We haven't done some fantasy
2: regulating in a long time, so it begins. Adam from San Diego. Dear regulators, is it okay to kick someone out of a league for being a jerk? My friends and I have been in a league for eight years. A friend of a friend joined three years ago and... A friend of a friend joined three years ago, and since then, he has been nothing but trouble. He goes on vicious tirades and personally attacks others in in the league, and when a commissioner's decision doesn't go his way, he always puts up a big stink. My friends have asked me to remove him from the league on many occasions, reporting that he sucks the fun out of the league. Most recently, he posted a derogatory team name and an obscene avatar. When I asked him to change it, he initially refused, then changed the name to an equally offensive one in Spanish before ultimately complying a few hours later. That was the last straw. I kicked him out and gave his team to someone else. Was I right in kicking him out of the league or was I too harsh?
0: It's – yeah, that's – I've I've kicked jerks out of leagues before. I I think if you're the commissioner, you can kick a person out of the league for whatever reason you want. Now – The other people in your league think you're being unfair about it or or don't agree with it then you run the risk of losing them uh but i don't think that would be the issue in this case it's you're absolutely within your right to do that
3: yeah we uh (laughs) in in one of my home leagues we we had to kick a guy out because he i think he refused to pay until the debt like until after the deadline and was like being a real jerk about it and like flaunting that he hadn't paid. And again, it was a situation where it was a friend of a friend. The thing you have to keep in mind is, is it is the relationship that you have with this person worth uh, putting stress on in order to kick them out of the league? In the case of a friend of a friend, get them out of there. Yeah, see you later. All right, that you have been
2: regulated, bro. This is from Derek. This is a funny one. Dear Ernie and Lou. My league is mostly diehard Cardinals fans. A few years ago, we started a no Cubs rule. It is exactly what it sounds like. Cubs players are not allowed. That sounds petty to you, but we really had a problem where, uh, where Cubs were being undervalued because nobody wanted to have conflicted loyalties that come with having a dirty Cub on your roster. <laughs> Rather than rewarding owners who played with their head instead of their heart, we eliminated the problem by eliminating the Cubs. Despite many requests, requests, uh, the requests, the website still doesn't have a no Cubs option, so we have to enforce this rule ourselves. <laughs> this isn't rocket science, of course, but last week, one of our more casual owners picked up Cole Hamels, not realizing that this otherwise high-quality individual is actually a disgusting cub these days. This was caught immediately and mercilessly mocked, so no harm was done. However, there needs to be a penalty for this individual beyond just losing one of his 30 ads. Fantasy regulators, what should the penalty be for this closet Cubs fan? F Y I, this rule includes a player who is acquired by the Cubs mid-season; he is immediately ineligible and must be dropped. I (laughs) am so. What you got to make this guy? You have to make this guy wear a Cubs jersey or something.
3: In the mall, you know, go. I do, I do want to point out to a card On the CBS, game. on the CBS commissioner product, you can choose to exclude a team. Really, from their player pool. No I kidding! Guess. Wow, so, perfect. <laughs> might be worth that <laughs> sign-up fee. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I didn't know that, um, Derek. I've never played in a no Cubs league.
3: Maximum, Derek.
0: I mean, if you're if you have a li- like sir- if you serious answers, if you have a limit of. Thirty transactions all year very low number Uh, that seems like punishment enough to me but I don't know it's such a dirty cub that I guess (laughs) maybe you have to come up with something
2: worse all right that is a funny one thank you Derek for that one more here let's regulate this is from another Derek Derek McIntyre from New Brunswick Canada not to be confused with Derek from probably St. Louis um Okay, My wife and I operate two teams in the same league And we each try very hard to win But a lot of information and strategy Gets shared in our house We generally know who Who the other is adding What their fab bids are Their auction strategies, etc Is that bad for the league in any way? There's no collusion And both me and my wife really want to win
3: no, I, I'm I'm in a football league with my wife, and I help her with her waiver wire ads, and so I I don't, I don't think it's a problem. You know, Scott and I yesterday were talking about our uh, teams in the dynasty league, and we were talking some strategy. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay,
2: yeah, I think as long as you yeah. don't, you don't make I mean, any bad trades together, you know.
0: As long as you're you know it's done in good faith, you're both honestly trying to win, which it sounds like it is.
2: I mean. Right. I, I think what it's are
0: fine.
3: you listening to?
2: I'm listening to the regulators. You don't hear it? No. Really?
3: Yeah, no, no I you, don't hear it.
2: You should hear it. Otherwise, it just looks like I'm dancing to nothing. Oh, there it is.
3: There okay. we go. Back.
2: <laughs> All right, thank you for your regulators submissions fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Easter confession. So, I had a nice happy little Easter on Sunday. It was beautiful. I'm going to say something. I feel sick about it. I Think y'all know where I'm going with this? Oh,
3: you had a pee. No.
2: I think I like peeps. I think they're okay.
3: Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh this is que- huge.
2: Question though. This is you. Question before you get too excited. I had a pink one. They were like the birds, I think, or the bunny. I think they were the birds. No, no, they were the bunnies. Do those taste differently uh, than the yellow birds? Because they all
0: taste the same.
2: Then I think I like peeps. They're like Froot Loops, Adam. I think I'm in. You like. I think it's I'm a gonna... sugar-covered marshmallow. Why <laughs> yeah. wouldn't you like beeps? It's a good it's... question.
3: So bad. <laughs> I... I... That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But maybe we need to try it again. Try the pink ones. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know you're... when you know when marshmallows are good in s'mores and no other time.
0: Oh, hot oh, come on. hot chocolate. That's ridiculous. Hot chocolate, Chris. I'm, oh, I'm if you don't just like put some marshmallow sugar. If you don't like marshmallows, of course you wouldn't like beeps. But I I think most oh, people like marshmallows. Treats i think adam was swayed by the twitter mob and so many people are
3: on peeps and they just need to no adam's reality. just not he's not a man of conviction oh he's, yeah he's a he's a coward <laughs> and no, a, a no. turncoat
0: benedict adam <laughs> caused him to kowtow to the twitter mob
2: and
3: he, exactly. he got he's some easily pers- swayed
2: See no. no yeah they're gross uh, that's what I thought, Chris, but you know what? My my eyes have, have been open. Alright, let's, uh, time for some underrated storylines. Tell me what you think about this. Adam Eaton. He's doing not much, but he is stealing bases. He has four steals. His career high is 18. So, you know, it's not that many, but four steals in 20 games. He is obviously on a career pace. Adam Eaton, uh, he, he is batting 314 and slugging 395. Second straight year with absolutely no power, but at least he's running. Michael Franco, he had been batting eighth all year. He's batted fifth in two straight games. And he's still a top 10 third baseman, uh, with 18 walks, uh, sorry, 13 walks to seven strikeouts. Trevor Bauer! Man, they are riding Trevor Bauer. He has thrown 108 or more pitches in every start, 112 or more in four straight starts. And he, look, last year he threw, I, I don't know if he had one start of less than 100 pitches when he was healthy before the injury. He averaged 108 pitches per game, Trevor Bauer, in his first 25 starts. But, that's been his low this year. So, you know, relax, Terry Francona. Uh, Mitch Hanniger's plate discipline has been terrible. He's a top 10 outfielder, top 5 in Roto, but kind of strange. Six walks of 32 strikeouts for Haniger, And Brian Dozier has homered in three of his last four games, two at Miami, one at Colorado. Um He still has just 12 hits this year. So I said a lot there. We can go through it one by one, I guess, and give a quick take. Chris, give me your quick take on Adam Eaton and his – he seems to maybe have morphed from a points league guy to a roto league guy because he's a batting average and steals guy now. Um, thoughts on Eaton?
3: I wouldn't expect much more than about 15 to 18 steals from Adam Eaton either way here, but it, it's mostly nice to just see that he's able to run. Yeah. I think that's kind of the big thing with Adam Eaton is he's not hurt right now. And when he's not hurt, he's a pretty good player. And
2: he has 15 runs in 20 games, so that is nice for Adam Eaton. Uh, Scott, Michael Franco batting fifth in the order now for the, each of the last two games. I, d- I don't know if that has anything to do with Segura and Kingery. I don't think it should. Uh, but there you go with uh, Michael Franco.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that would obviously help the the situation for him um, trying to— it, it may be more about Odubo Herrera, who's been out with uh. a hamstring injury— Um but I don't know that I don't know why Herrera deserves to bat higher in the lineup than than Franco does. I feel like they're uh you know, they have similar shortcomings, similar strengths. So we'll see if this I mean if Franco stays sought, then I don't know why they want to keep him there.
2: Chris, Trevor Bauer. I know he's a workhorse. I know he can handle it, but it's a lot of pitches so far for Trevor Bauer.
3: Yeah, I guess it's it's a little bit concerning, but I don't know. He, he's been durable. He broke his leg, but that's not or fractured his leg, but that's not something that you can chalk up to throwing too many pitches. So,
2: well, if he we haven't throw, seen injuries, if he from, didn't throw that pitch, he never would have got hit in the leg by a comebacker.
0: You know, that's Bauer true. averaged <laughs> before he got hurt. You know, he came back and had some short starts leading into the playoffs, but he averaged 108 pitches in his 25 starts before the injury. So he's He's a guy who throws a lot of pitches.
3: Yeah, he kind of seems like a freak. Like he does that long toss from the foul line. Yes. During pregame, like he he he's built himself for this. I don't think he's any greater in injury risk than any other starting pitcher. Scott, Mitch Haniger's
2: plate discipline has been terrible. He's batting .262 with seven home runs and he has ten doubles and a triple in twenty five games. Six walks, thirty two strikeouts for Mitch Haniger. It's uh it's unusual for him.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. I'm not sure what to say about it beyond that at this point. It's, I'd, I'd rather see him doing what I expect him to do because it makes him more predictable. Uh, if he continues to strike out this rate, at this rate, it's going to be a problem. And if he doesn't walk like he did last year, it's also going to be a problem because that was a big part of his value. But I'm in April, I'm not really ready to react to it in any way.
2: And Chris, Brian Dozier, 73% own. He's homered in three of his last four games. Uh, again, one of those at Colorado. But if Dozier were available in any of your leagues, would you make sure you owned a 73%-owned Brian Dozier?
3: Sure. Yeah, I mean, he has a 195 BABIP right now, and that explains most of the really low batting average. And it's 19 games. Weird things can happen in 19 games, and just because these are the first 19 games doesn't mean that we need to just give up on brian dozier so yeah i would add him if he was available
2: and weird things happen on team name tuesday it is team name tuesday feel free to keep submitting them fantasy baseball at cbsi.com here we go tyler glass now funk soul brother very good that's good <laughs> i ain't no vogel back girl yeah big buxton's uh, this is a tough one to say big buxton's no families. Like Big Bucks, No okay.
3: Wannies? Yeah, big, yeah no, I, I, oh,
0: I okay Oh, yeah, like Big Bucks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Control, Altuve, Delete. Okay. <laughs> also not bad.
0: Uh, I, I liked when Mike Alt was in the league and he could do to yeah. Control, Alt, Delete. Uh, but you, you you make use of what you have.
2: Yeah, it's, it's good. Control, Altuve, Delete. The sixth, Senzel. Yeah, oh, yeah sure. mm mm-hmm. This one is inspired by Heath. It's all in caps. You're not my real Vlad. <laughs>
3: sure.
2: <yeah. laughs> yes, that's from uh, Heath's uh, very harsh fantasy regulation earlier in the year. Ketel, Juan, and Soto. I think we've had that before. Ket, so like, oh, But it's like Ketel, oh. Marte. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Ketel, Juan, and Soto. Uh, Rosario Speedwagon. Excellent. Yeah, very good. This one's a little controversial. I'm not sure if I should say it. So I probably should say it, right? It's just about it's just about tobacco. I don't smoke, I chew. Smoke, chew. Oh.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, it's not that controversial. Just a big wimp. Uh just more to it, kid. More from yesterday. PG-rated. Yeah, don't ever do it. Don't eat big league chew either. It's just <laughs> um what? why? Because it's because it's it's basically kid dip. Big
3: league chew. It's evil. <laughs> Chewing gum.
2: <laughs> it's its its evil. You, you look at the guy on the front of you the know, Big League was, Chew. He's dipping. The problem,
3: the problem with Big League Chew is after you chew it for like 30 minutes, it just kind of dissolves and just like loses all of its yeah. chemical bonds. For how long? I've never had Big League Chew, so I don't know. But I could see
0: that being a thing. I, I used to like the candy cigarettes that they then renamed dinosaur bones. <laughs> I used to think those were good. But Scott. unlike Peeps, I've outgrown
2: God, what a bad influence you are. Um, alright. Four man <laughs> rotation from yesterday. Jack Flaherty, Jake Arietta, Joe Musgrove, and Jay Happ. They all begin with the letter J. I just realized that. That's terrific. We have talked about Flaherty and we have talked about Musgrove. Heath called Flaherty a by-low before this start. Um, he said, you know, he, his two bad starts have come against the Brewers. Um, and again, he gave up three home runs yesterday, so. But I think he had 10 strikeouts. So, so look, five walks, 32 strikeouts. Control's been great. I think we probably like Flaherty a lot. If anybody sees that ERA and wants to sell, you know, bye. Um, yeah. Hap only struck out five batters last night, but he had a good start. And the Angels have the fewest strikeouts in baseball right now. And I believe the fewest per game. So, and Arietta is uh, also not a strikeout guy, but he did get them last night. So, how would you rank, I know Flaherty's one, how would you rank Arietta, Musgrove, and Hap?
0: Musgrove is a distant one, and I would still put Hap ahead of Arietta because I feel like – so Hap's made a change here. Hap's made a change. I'm not sure whether to consider it good news or not. Obviously, things weren't going so well for him before the change, but this is something we've seen him do before. It's basically featured the two-seamer more at the expense of the four-seamer, and at his best, he's leaned heavily on the four-seamer. That half season in Pittsburgh where he was dominant, and the past two years he leaned heavily on the four seamer. Those were among his best strikeout years. But he's he's been a quality pitcher too when he's been gone away from the strikeouts. Um but I, I think obviously that, that limits his upside in fantasy. So he's been better, but in a way that limits his upside. I don't know if it's going to continue. He's gone back and forth with this so many times in his career. Uh but I think even if he sticks with the two seamer that kind of puts him in the same range as Jake Arietta who we know isn't going to give you strikeouts anymore.
3: Yeah, there's the other thing with Arietta is his swing strike rate's down to 6.5%, which is just terrible. He doesn't seem to have much confidence in his slider cutter and it's been a bad pitch for him so far, but it's his best swing and miss pitch, so there is some room for him to improve if he finds the feel for that pit. The guy on the cover of the big
2: league chew bag, I he's not dipping, I was wrong. He's not chewing. But he is the most roided up guy I've ever seen. This is a really <laughs> bad image for young kids who are chewing gum and playing baseball. Wow. Uh, well they
0: put a they put a a woman or a girl. I don't know if they it's have a woman a girl, or a girl. They
2: have they a girl put, on it too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's cool. not right enough. No, she's cool. She looks very classy. Uh, Should they be this yeah. owned? All of these players are like 99, 86 and up. And they're two-star pitchers, so is that part of it? Should we hang on to them? Should they be must-own guys? Brad Keller, Mike Miner, and Brad Peacock. Brad Keller, Mike Miner, and Brad Peacock. Chris, should those three guys all be owned in more than 85% of leagues?
3: Once it's not a two-start pitcher, Brad Keller doesn't need to be that owned. He is an RP, which helps. um, So he probably deserves to be owned in points leagues, but I'm not sure he's going to do much to help you out in Roto. The other two I do think uh, are worth owning. We've seen some really good stuff from Mike Miner. It's actually been a rough start for Brad Peacock. He's not getting uh, the kind of strikeouts or the kind of swings and misses that we were hoping for so far. But that comes down mostly I think to him not using his slider as much. He threw it 40% of the time last year. He's down to 32%. So far this year he's like try he's throwing a, a change up a little bit, his curveball a little bit more, trying to be a little more varied when he's starting. I think eventually they're going to figure out that the slider needs to be featured more and I think he's going to be fine.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm, I've been a little disappointed. Obviously, I had high hopes for Brad Peacock. He gave up three runs yesterday. Originally, two of them were ruled as unearned runs. And he probably should have been out of the inning in the first inning. But, like, Nelson Cruz beat out a grounder because uh, I think it was Bregman uh, botched it. But, um yeah, anyway, the the runs were then given to him as earned runs. So five innings, three runs. Did not get a win. Did not get a quality start. And fringy starting pitchers real quick. Scott White, Zach Godley's 76% owned. Jake Otorizi's 35% owned. Chris Bassett is 8% owned. And Bassett had a good start yesterday against the, uh, Texas Rangers. Godley, Odorizzi, and Bassett. Do you feel any need to own those guys?
0: No, I really don't. No interest whatsoever.
2: Perfect. Then let's read some emails at Baseball at CBSI.com and finish the show. This is from Zach. Hey, Gary, Sean, and Nate. I know them. Gary, Sean, and Nate. Yes? Seattle Supersonics.
1: Uh, Ah. Seattle
0: Seattle Supersonicas.
2: Yesterday on the show, you talked a lot about promising second baseman, but you didn't really rank them. That's because I wasn't there. In a head-to-head category league, I have Brandon Lau, Raphael Devers, Jurickson Profar and Jesus Aguilar. Should I drop any of them? Lau, Devers, Profar and Aguilar. Should I drop any of them for Ryan McMahon or Nick Senzel?
3: I'm fine dropping both Profar and Aguilar for both of those guys, especially Senzel starting to play in minor league games. I think a couple days ago was his debut. So if you're, if you don't need them to start and you're probably not getting enough from Profar or Aguilar or frankly Devers, uh, to start them right now, yeah, I think it's fine to drop them.
0: Okay, I, I, I I'd, I'd stop short of dropping any of them for Senzel. Uh, but the one I would drop for McMahon is probably Devers. Whoa, over Profar? Over yeah, Adelar? I mean Profar is eligible at every infield spot. Uh, I want to see a little more from them.
2: Okay. Uh, no name on this one, but do you like any of these streamers this week? Eric Swanson at San Diego, Jonathan Lewisaga at the Angels, Luke Weaver at the Pirates, Merrill Kelly at the Pirates, Mike Soroka, Mike Soroka at Cincinnati, and Vince Velasquez at the Mets.
3: I like Weaver, Soroka, and Velasquez. Velasquez, actually, we haven't talked about much, but he's off to a great start.
2: Yeah, I'm starting him this week. Uh, yeah, I like him, too. Okay, yeah, those are good options there. This is from Jordan. Polanco or or Luke Voigt in a points league?
3: I'm going Polanco.
0: Yeah, I still really like Luke Voigt. Um, but it's hard to fit him in a points league lineup. It's easier to fit Polanco since you have more outfield spots. I think it's interesting that Voigt's 95% owned. So as in general, people haven't lost faith in him.
2: He's, he's got, he's got like a 33 game on base streak going back to last year. It's pretty surprising, Luke Voigt. I mean, his on base percentage is
0: higher than you'd expect comparing it to his batting average. He's walked a lot. Yeah, he's walked a lot. Um, I'm, you know, if, if you have.
2: Give me a name, give me a name. We gotta go.
0: If you don't have a crowded utility situation, I'd rather have Voigt, but otherwise, Polanco.
2: All right. From Charlie. Jesse Winker or Gregory Polanco rest of season? 12-team, 8-by-8 category league, four keepers. Winker or Polanco? Winker.
0: (sighs) Yeah, I guess. I guess.
2: Okay, from Casey. Should I drop Brian Dozier for McMahon or or Brandon Lau?
0: I would not do that, no. Wait, drop Dozier Yes, I would drop him for either one. I would drop him for McMahon first. Sorry. I I would hope you
3: have a worse player or
0: a
2: player with less upside. And finally, Robert Galvin from Florida, California, says, While watching the Angels-Yankees game last night, I thought of a rule that I'd like to see Major League Baseball incorporate. It has nothing to do with the playing of the game. I'm a lifelong Dodgers fan, but more importantly, I'm a baseball fan. The Yankees are the most iconic franchise in baseball. One of the iconic things about the Yankees is their pinstripes. So here's my idea. MLB should declare that the Yankees are the only team that can wear pinstripes. The history of teams, bad teams, that have worn pinstripes is ridiculous. Pinstripes are synonymous with the Yankees, and this would be a great way to honor them and their contribution to baseball. The only other team that maybe could wear them is the Mets. Adam, if you don't know, look up why the Mets wear pinstripes. It's an interesting reason. What do you think about my proposed rule change? Thanks for reading my email. Love the show. I think it's terrific. I'm all in in favor of it.
0: I like pinstripes. I want to go back to the way it was in the '90s, where like two thirds of all teams had a pinstriped uniform. It was more fun.
3: This is a ludicrous suggestion. I I don't mean to be <laughs> to be rude to to our good friend Robert from Fullerton, but no, like we already bend over backwards enough for that team. For the Yankees. As it is. We, yeah, we we all they're on Sunday night baseball every week. We have to sit through these They have 4-hour on games with them. Let they're fine. The Yankees are doing fine. We don't need to give the Yankees any more special treatment. They're worth like 9 billion dollars. I don't no. know. I, no, no, they're not, they're not worth that. The Yankees should be banned from wearing pinstripes. I can't figure out I, I Robert, please put email some us names on the back of your jersey. Tell us, yeah, I support that.
2: Tell us why the Mets wear pitstripes because I cannot find it. And that is the end of today's wacky, fun show. Peeps for everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today.